but I also want to give myself and you guys permission to grieve the loss of what isn't happening right now. Like all of you totally had a different plan for this year and that sucks. You know what I mean? So like you're allowed to be sad about that. Definitely give yourself time to process that because it's all still happening. Welcome back to the Her Life Blogcast. I'm your host, Rachel Malik, and we have a little bit of a different format for this week's episode. Last week, I had the phenomenal opportunity to speak to some inspiring young women, all current Fordham University students who make up the Spire Club at Fordham. It's a club all about sisterhood and female empowerment based on three pillars, which are sisterhood, seminar, and service. So, Phenomenal Things definitely encapsulates the Fordham mission, and they had me come back as an alum to speak about my unconventional graduation and now post-grad, and also reflecting on some of my college memories and college leadership roles, namely the RA position, which a lot of them know me through. So it was just a really fun way to reflect, which you know we love, and field some questions from girls who are about to be in my position super soon and navigating college now, soon to be post-grad. It was just really fun to be back to talk about RA stuff again, to talk about my journey, and to reconnect with some familiar faces who I've really missed. So you're about to hear from Jane Tegler, who is the president of Fordham Spire. She kind of fields all the questions, facilitates the Q&A. I give a little bit of background about me, and then, yeah, we take questions from the Spire girls. So Sit back and relax. I'm kind of changing pace here from the interviewer to the interviewee, but it felt good. You know, we love to reflect, and it felt good for me to sit in that chair this time. So, without further ado, let's cut to this week's Spire meeting. I'll keep an eye on the waiting room, but I can introduce Rachel. So, today with us, we have Rachel Malik. She was an RA of many of us in this room, many of our eboard members, and she graduated last spring. And um, so yeah, I'll let her introduce herself. And Yay. Hi guys. I'm so happy to be here. I love the Spire vibe and I'm all for like female empowerment and like building each other up. So I'm just happy to be here and meet some of you guys for the first time and reconnect with some of you who I haven't seen in a long time. So thank you so much for having me. I'm just going to run through a little bit of background, get everybody caught up on the same page, and then we can dive into Q&A stuff. So just to start off, um, I graduated Fordham College Rose Hill, class of 2020. I double majored in English and communication and culture. Um, also, like Jane said, the big, my big claim to fame, as I like to say, at Fordham was my RA job. I loved everything about it. That position totally changed my Fordham experience. I think freshman year for me was definitely a weird time of trying to find my place and never really finding my core group of people. But then once I was in the res life circle, I found some of my greatest friends in the whole wide world. A lot of them were on staff with me. Um, And beyond that, like a lot of them were residents that I had, which is why I'm here right now. So it just really introduced me to a lot of amazing people who I wouldn't have met otherwise. So can't say enough good things. I also think RA wise, I think it helped me like come into my own, like I said, freshman year, me was like a totally different version, which I think is good, right? That's what college is for is to like become these new versions of yourself. But the RA position in particular kind of gave me permission to be the over the top in your face, kind of bubbly, excited person that like, I always am around people that I love. But when you're around like nervous freshmen all the time, you kind of have to be that person. So then I just kind of embraced it, led with it. And I think that's how hopefully most of you guys know me now, which is good. Um, And I bring that up only to say like, 
find those people, right? Like surround yourself, whether it's an organization or just your friend group, probably inspire for a lot of you guys is to just like surround yourself with the people who let you be your fullest self and just bring out that like fullest version. Because I think, like I said, college is a really cool time to discover it and then to really like hone that part of your personality. So we'll definitely talk more about Ari stuff. I don't know if anybody, we'll talk about like applications and stuff for a little bit later on. Um, okay. Moving on though, Fordham wise, I graduated in May, but I moved back home to Pennsylvania where I am now, like just about last year, we're coming up on the anniversary of the move. Obviously, like I could talk about like, oh, I had no idea it was coming, but like, hello, we were all there. Like it sucked and it was weird, but it is what it is. I actually live on a Christmas tree farm. So that's where I am now, which is my go-to fun fact. So I'm happy to bring that up. But also just to like emphasize how different, like I totally had it in my head that I was going to graduate and move into Manhattan, move in with my best friend and just have like this cool New York city life. I had a cool job offer in PR sort of getting going. I was doing all my interviews and like truly in the process. I was like, totally had my life totally planned out like around this time last year. And then everything just obviously changed, which again is not unique to me, but like life looks totally different now. And I think it's important to say, like, I think all of us here are like still lucky within the context of COVID, right? Like there is obviously a lot of bad stuff happening with it. And we're all like, you guys are able to get your education and be in this club and like still live a good life. And I'm certainly included in that too. Like I got to live at home for free and I have my health and like I'm with my sisters and my family, which is like all good things. But I also want to give myself and you guys permission to grieve the loss of what isn't happening right now. Like all of you totally had a different plan for this year, especially seniors, but not exclusively seniors. Everybody had plans for this year and that sucks. You know what I mean? So like, you're allowed to be sad about that. Definitely give yourself time to process that because it's all still happening, but also embrace the goodness and the silver linings. I don't know. That's just a good little perspective thing, but like at the same time, it's okay to be sad. So like, don't let anybody tell you that you can't. One of the ways that I kind of combated the weird emotions of the pandemic was the podcast, which if you follow me on literally anything, I never shut up about the podcast because I'm really, I'm really into it. It's like my new thing. I started the podcast. It's called the Her Life Blogcast pretty much a year ago. Like we, we fiddled with it a little bit when we started the blog, um, which me and two of my girlfriends started in September of 2019 at the start of my senior year. But the podcast didn't really come into like a regular thing until the pandemic when I had a lot of extra time and I was just kind of looking for an outlet to channel all that creative energy. So we've just done weekly episodes ever since, literally on whatever we feel like it. It's fun because there's no rules and like not that many people are listening. So I can kind of do whatever I want all the time, which is like a cool liberating thing. And all the while I'm like honing all these skills that hopefully I'll have to use in a career one day, like everything through planning and planning the guests through like hosting the show itself. And then everything post-production edits and everything through social media. I've been doing my assets and my Instagram reels and IGTVs and stuff. Definitely follow the page if you're not already, because that would be great. But anyway, I bring that up just to kind of say, make your own experience. I'm going to talk about this later because that leads me to another position that I've taken on since the pandemic. Um, I'm working part-time in social media now, but that only happened because I had the blog and that social media page to kind of show like it became a portfolio. So essentially what happened was over, I think it was around the springtime before I graduated. So I was still in school. I was approached by someone who went to Fordham with me. She was a former classmate of mine and she was doing outreach for an author who just wrote a self-help job search book. It's called entry-level boss. And she just said, Hey, like I have advanced copies that I'm trying to give away of this book for people who want to 
post about it, review it, whatever on any of their blogs. So like, if you want a copy, I can totally get it for you. It worked out like it was content for the week. I got to read this book that was fitting because I was looking for work. I'm still looking for work. Like, so it definitely fit the theme of my life and also was great content for the blog. So I got the advanced copy, read the book. It was great. I did my review and then I got in touch with the author on social media, just tagging her once the articles went live on all of our social media pages and got connected to her, was DMing back and forth. She ultimately came on the podcast, which was really cool because it's great to have guests besides, I mean, like Fordham guests are great, but it's also fun to like get outside the realm of those Fordham guests. So that was cool. And then a couple of weeks later, she emailed me that she was looking for someone to run social media for her business, for entry-level boss, both the school and the book. So she was like, are you interested? And I said, of course I'm interested. So I've been working for her part-time since June, just doing social media. It all started with Instagram stuff. Now she blew up on TikTok, which is really cool, but it's been cool. I've been making memes and doing all kinds of stuff. That's another page you could totally follow um, all about like reframing your job search because something I discovered straight out of college was how hard it is to find a job. I mean, especially in a pandemic, but even elsewhere, there's obviously just, it's a flawed system all around, I would say. So it's just good to have a new like reframed methodology. And that's what this book and the school does. So entry level boss started off as a course that you would take online with Alexa Schoen, who's like the head career coach and now the author. And she just kind of lays out this whole new steps, different approaches, like don't start with your resume because every resume needs to be different depending on the job. So it like puts more work in, but ultimately it's going to get you to interviews that you actually want for your jobs. But anyway, like I said, I've been working there for a while. So I'll give a few of her like go-to tips from the book because I'm sure a lot of you guys are looking for internships and or entry-level positions right now. So number one, I would say don't stress over the quote unquote professional person who's either reading your cover letter or fielding your resume or eventually interviewing you. Everybody's just a human who like probably doesn't even enjoy the fact that they are the person who has to read the cover letters. You know what I mean? I think we get so psyched out of like, they're so perfect and they're looking for the absolute perfect candidate, but like, they're probably someone who's like two years older than you, who like has this grunt work of having to read through everybody's cover letters. So like, once I realized that, I think it opens your eyes to like, okay, you're talking to another human being. You're explaining that you could do this job well and just like, let the rest happen. You know what I mean? I think we get so stressed out about the specifics of like sounding uber professional to this uber professional person who's interviewing us or reading the thing. And I think that's just silly. And that's something that's really emphasized in the book. Like the people reading your resumes are probably millennials who are just as like confused about life as you are. So let that calm you down, still take it professionally and still try to impress them, but like calm down. You know what I mean? The tip number two, I would say, which I referenced in terms of the podcast is to make your own experience. I think a problem that I hit really early on in my job search and that you guys probably will too is you know, you need X amount of years of experience to be able to get even an entry-level position, which is extremely frustrating because how are you supposed to get the experience if no one will hire you in the first place? But something that Alexa kind of cracks open in the book is that you can do it yourself. Like it doesn't need to be professional paid experience to be able to count on a resume. So the podcast, I think is like an extreme example because not everybody has like the time or the desire to like do a whole show. But I think like a separate Instagram page or even just teaching yourself a skill like on YouTube, if there's the kind of software that you never learned because you never got a certain internship, look up tutorials and figure it out. And that's totally allowed to put on your resume because it's still the skill that you have. So I think just reworking like the quote unquote rules that we think we need to get jobs are really just made up by people who don't know a lot more than you do. So like rethink it, take a breath, follow entry-level boss for more tips. And I think in terms of reframing and making your own experience. I think that's a lot of the reason why I'm 
have long Instagram stories all the time, which hopefully a lot of you guys know because you're following me already. But here's my thing. So like, let me give you some context. Dream job is like Kelly Ripa meets Juliana Rancic, red carpet stuff meets Wendy Williams, who was like radio and then into TV. That's like the job that I want. But obviously I don't have any professional experience like hosting a show. So like enter the podcast. Now I do. And ultimately, like I want to be able to talk about celebrities for a job, like for a living. So I figure how do I prove to people that I can do that in a somewhat entertaining way? It's like, just talk about every thought you have on Instagram stories. So I think there's like literally little ways that you can do what fills your soul with joy and like maybe make it career related if that's, you know what I mean? Like passions overlap, make it work for yourself. I'm not saying everyone needs to like do a hotness bracket on Instagram, but like the more, the better, you know what I'm saying? Just like find the thing and do the thing. I have another point I want to make about podcasts. I think, I don't know if anyone's interested in making a podcast, but I think a lot of my hesitation early on, especially is like how many people could have a pot, like everybody freaking has a podcast and like how many people really care. You're still allowed. I think like everyone's entitled to have a voice and like you could be doing it just for yourself and just, just do what you want to do. You know what I mean? Whether it's Instagram podcast, do what you need. That's my thing. Follow all my accounts. That's my spiel. And I guess we could start like Q&A stuff now, if that's good. Yay. I adore you. Um, That was amazing. And I feel like we've already learned so much about you and like all the advice you have to give from that. So I do have Q&As from like stuff we've thought of and from the uh, Google form. So going back kind of like to the beginning of your spiel, Mm -hmm. um, someone was wondering what the most, you kind of talked about this and like how you found yourself, but um, someone asked, what is the most valuable thing you learned either about yourself or maybe just about the world? during your time at Fordham? Yeah, I think this one really hit home for me once I came home. Um, I think at Fordham and specifically like the groups I was in and the people I surrounded myself with were very socially aware, very active and very loud and proud about the change that needs to be made, like hungry for change, smart people who didn't care, you know, how loud they had to be about it. I think especially in res life, like there were so many RAs who were just smart people who, like I said, were hungry for change. And it was so fun and enlightening to be surrounded by people like that. And I think I definitely took that for granted because then coming home, I live in a very rural town in a very conservative area. And it's just night and day from what I was experiencing. And then to come home, like in the year that we did um, with all the political stuff that's happening, it just has been really frustrating in a lot of ways, but ultimately it made me really happy about the four years that I spent at Fordham and like the person I became there. And it makes me excited to do work in my community now with this renewed perspective. And I definitely encourage all of you to do the same because I think, right, like we came to learn and we did, and that's a wonderful thing. I love that. So you mentioned like how in res life you found your people. Um, So since we have like perspective RAs here, there were two questions about RAs, um, like any tips for a perspective RA. And there's also a question about like the interview process. So if you want to talk RAs. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for RAs, I wrote, I jotted a few things down because number one, I think in terms of interview processes and stuff like that, it's always helpful to go into, and like I did some interviewing once you're an RA for a couple of years, I think even just one year and you like start to participate in the interview process. So like I've seen the rubric that they use and stuff. Um, So it's always good to go into these interviews and any interviews, honestly, thinking like you already have the position. So in the terms of res life stuff, go in with like potential programs that you want to do, maybe bulletin board ideas, ways to like drive home Jesuit values, like think of all the stuff that they're going to 
ask you about anyway and come with like concrete examples. So they know like this person's taking the job seriously and they're coming in with fresh ideas. And I think that all goes into also just being yourself. I think there's definitely the idea that we all have in our heads of like the stereotypical RA, like the movie characters we've seen. And I think in a lot of ways, like I embody that because I think that's just kind of how I am. Like, I'm just kind of in your face and I'm like, we're going to have fun and it's going to be so fun. But like, not everybody's like that. So if that's not your approach to the role, that's totally fine. And like a whole st- like a staff of nine RAs like that would make you like want to die. So that's not what we're looking for. Like we need different perspectives. Anybody who was in South that first, like seniors that lived in South freshman year, like, you know, Kevin Verga, he's this example I always like to use. Do you remember Kevin? Kevin and I are like two opposite people, like different ends of the spectrum. Like he just, Kevin's like a very chill, like introspective guy who listens to a lot of Pink Floyd and the Strokes and is always like talking about that. And that's like, so not me. And I'm like in your face. And we always joke that like, we have very few things in common, but like Kevin is truly one of my best friends in the whole world. We've talked every single day through quarantine. And I highlight that just to say like, we met because we were both on the same staff and we were put on the same staff because we are so different. Like you want a kind of point person that can relate to any kind of resident. Like that's the res life way to look at it. But ultimately that just makes sense to have a dynamic staff. You learn from each other, you approach the role differently, but you have the same common goal of making people's Fordham experience better. Um, So that's like a cool thing. So like, that's a long-winded way for me to say, be yourself. And I don't mean that in like a trite, cheesy way. It's just like, truly, if you're interested in the position, you're interested because you have the values that all RAs have and like that most decent people have, which is to like make your community a little bit better and a little bit more comfortable and engaging. Rachel, I feel like you're definitely like the definition of the energy you give is what you'll attract. Thank like you. you totally, like, even though you were saying like you would like it there, you obviously you and Kevin were diff- totally different people, but like yeah. match the same like energy and like how you like view your friendships and like what you value and stuff. Totally. And it goes back to the, like, surround yourself with people who vibe with that energy. Like I'm so fully aware that I can be a lot and that every, like, I'm not everybody's cup of tea and like, that's, that's okay. But that's just like surround yourself with the right people and you'll live your, live your best life. Mm-hmm. what was your favorite this is so such a broad question but like I don't know maybe you could go like favorite year or like favorite like specific moment but what was your favorite Fordham memory yeah I mean I think a lot of it does go back to RA stuff which like I know is lame but it's just like truly what I loved so much so I think like if you're talking favorite year it was my it was probably my sophomore year which was my first year as an RA first year in South we had like such a killer staff and like my my girls you were so good and like everything was just so perfect like we just had such a vibe I couldn't explain it and like I said like I feel like I'm really striving at home like my freshman year wasn't great like I didn't find a group of people and I was like truly panicking I was like I don't have like I don't have good friends like I you're supposed to find like your soulmate friends in college and I haven't done that and I was like truly spiraling so like a lot of my RA stuff was going into it like if I can help in any way to like foster that kind of thing for my girls that would be so cool but also like in the meantime I became friends with you guys I became like Emma and all of those girls like we're all best friends and like that staff was so special so if we're talking like favorite Fordham year it was a thousand percent that and I think that makes sense like you're settling in you know the groove like it comes with time for some of us so like that's totally normal and cool but if we're talking like favorite specific Fordham memory I truly think like I'm reflecting on it a lot and maybe because the anniversary is coming up right now um but like the day they canceled classes because of COVID do you remember that day and then there was like the darty on Eddie's to end all darties like that was just the craziest day ever in the world and like 
like were people a little bit nervous but like what is corona like we didn't know you know what i mean so i think like there was still this lighthearted energy and everyone was just vibing i hate that i just said vibing but like i truly think like it was a vibe that day and i just think that was like the coolest that whole week was really cool like i had a bunch of random stuff in the city to do that week that weekend before and then it's like I don't know. It was truly like a special time in our lives. And it was like the last hurrah that I think we all needed. Like we knew subconsciously that we needed to. So we did. That was such a fun day. It was such a day. The weather was was beautiful. It was just so meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it wasn't like, we didn't know what was going on. (laughs) That's the thing. So like, nobody was that like nervous about it. It was just kind of. Yeah. It's funny. Like looking back on though, because it's like, Like, if we only knew. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how we all didn't get it that day. Like everyone was just on top. It was like literally the entire. I like carried a backpack like to Darties and like put them in like the cup holders like a joke. I was like, lol. It was horrible. Like bad like, to look back. Like PG enough for the podcast, but like that day, like this is how much we didn't know about COVID. I picked up a jewel off of the streets of New York and used it. Random jewel. Just I was like, you know what? Look, well, yeah. it has a pod in it. And to be I, fair, I, I don't it. think. It was like, it wasn't like rushing through New York yet. You know, like it wasn't as- Yeah, like I think we had a little bit of time, but we were just starting to, because I remember a couple of days later, there was the Fordham men's basketball team, which like, you know, I love. They were playing at the Barclays Center um, for, I think what was like the beginnings of March Madness. Um, so it was like their first game and they weren't supposed to win. They were, they were against this like really hard team. I know how brackets work now because you know my work on Instagram, but like they were- seated against like a really hard team they weren't supposed to win but we figured oh my god we'll just go like I stayed on campus like three days extra just so I could go to the game and we were on the subways and I did the same thing like I brought a whole can of Lysol and I just like Lysol the subway seats and there was this kid and he was just laughing at me but I was like hand sanitizer and I just like squirted hand sanitizer and everybody's hands on the subway I was like this could be serious you guys but we went and it was great so like that might be number two memory that was great and we went to Applebee's after it doesn't matter but like that was a fun day as well that was a great week you're probably like doing good Lysoling seats. Who knows the last time they were Lysol? Like, you know what I mean? Rach, you're the reason that the subways are clean now. You specifically. <laughs> they saw me. They followed suit. You know what I mean? Agreed. Okay. So you said like a lot about I that I didn't know about like when you started like your blog versus your podcast. Mm-hmm. But I know like what prompted, what like inspired you to originally start the blog? Yeah, I think it really just started... I mean, it was, I sort of have like two answers. Cause on the one hand, I think I was just spiraling and didn't know what to do with my life. So I figured, okay, if I'm like writing articles every week, I might like help find a life purpose. Like that might be a cool way to do that. And I guess an extension of that, I just wanted to go into senior year, making a conscious decision to like make the most of my time at Fordham and to really like maximize my time and have all the experiences that I could, especially in Manhattan. Like I just really wanted to make the most of it. So this was a cool way of like, every time I see a cool, whether it's like a professional networking event or just like a cool otherwise event that I could go to in the city with my friends, like I was definitely going to do it so that I would have content for the blog that week. And I would have like this ongoing journal entry that I could one day look back on, which like I have since. And it's really nice to have like a running list of really fun things that you did back when life was normal and everything was fun. So I think that's a big part of it. And then on the other hand, I think it was just, I knew that it would be a good resume builder in all ways. You know what I mean? Just 
writing and editing and WordPress and SEO stuff. Like it's all wrapped up. So I figured two birds, one stone, like it would just be a good way to channel my energy. And I started it with, I think I mentioned this before, was two of my friends. That's where the her comes from. H is for Hannah Legerfo, E is for Emma Spoldy, R is for Rachel Malik. So like that was where our little acronym came about. Now they have like real jobs that matter. So like it's mostly my thing now, but it's been really fun. It was just a cool way for us to kind of connect when we were all kind of spiraling and didn't know what was happening and to just come and now the podcast is that like we come together every week and it's like a check-in and that's been a really cool thing throughout quarantine and I think it's going to be a really rad thing to look back on years from now or like decades from now to be like oh life was so weird you know what I mean for sure can I add on to that like about podcasts and blogs and stuff because I'm not even lying me and Brennan have talked about starting podcasts before like the two of us just because I mean, if you know, like people who know me know that I have um, a lot of funny stories about my personal life. I'm kind of a mess in every aspect of my life. Aren't we all? Um, But it's always a struggle for me to think like, how do you start something like that, like a blog or a podcast and tell all these funny stories about your life without disrupting the privacy of other people who are involved in those stories? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. I think that's a great question. And I think there's like this weird level when you're not like, Think about it. If you're like this huge podcaster, like think the girls got to eat girls. I love those girls. Like they can tell a story about anyone because there is a level of anonymity with their level, right? Like they're broadcasting just so many people and so many people are listening every week that like it could be about anybody and they kind of, it doesn't matter if people like figure it out because most people aren't. But when you're at like our level, like if I tell a story about a guy named Dylan who I went on a date with, like people are, people can easily figure out who it is. Do you know what I mean? So there's like that level that like hopefully one day you get to it and you can just kind of talk freely the way that we've handled it, which is really only ever comes up with like dating scenarios um, for us anyway. And like I have this one, my one friend Kay, who was an RA with me, Kay Kirkwood, she always comes on for like our dating specials. And she just like always started using code names. Like she started dating this guy. I like genuinely don't remember his real name, but he became Candleman Cody. He works for like um, Bath and Body and is like a chemist for their candles which is like a very interesting job. But anyway, so he became known as Candleman Cody and now they're like dating and in love. So anyway, so it just becomes like a persona on the show, which I think you do with your friends anyway. You know what I mean? Like you have your little code name. So I think that's just an extension. That's like a good way to handle it in the interim. But I think like, isn't it the dream to just be able to like talk about it and be like, try to find him. I dare you. Like that would be cool, but I'm not there. (laughs) Yeah, that was super helpful. Thank you. Um, okay. So Caitlin, I guess preemptively kicked it off, but the next thing I was going to say was opening questions to the crowd. I know Vic had one. Yeah, I do have one. I, I guess like, I know you want to go into like entertainment and kind of talking about celebrities for a living. And like, I think that's awesome. And I know you're obviously a feminist because we've talked about this, but why do you think it's so important to have a feminist perspective on an industry where in the past it's been very misogynistic kind of what pinning woman against woman yeah. um and what do you plan to do differently it wouldn't go into it I think that's a great question and I think we occupy a really interesting space here of like we've seen both ends of it you know what I mean like we grew up in a time where there was and anybody who watched the Britney doc I think this was made like so incredibly clear if you watched that Britney Spears um documentary with the conservatorship and all of that but like revisiting my youth through the lens of Britney Spears and like trying to revisit those articles and stuff that came out in the headlines and like the family feud question about her losing her mind like that is just so uncalled for and wrong and I think we didn't even realize because we were so immersed in that terrible culture and now it's like cool to watch everyone's eyes kind of open together so to be on the other end of that is interesting you know what I mean like we see the harm and now we can kind of trace through how far we have come but still like how far there is to go so I think 
it's going to be really cool to watch people our age, specifically women our age, come into this space with this perspective. And like you said, like go in consciously trying to make that change and make sure we don't repeat the mistakes of the past. But yeah, I think just like continuing education is an important thing too. Like I think that all started for me at Fordham when I took like a couple feminist courses sort of on accident, like it just kind of came up in my curriculum. And now it's just a very conscious decision for me to continue that because it's more important than it's ever been. So that's a good question. But I I think it's cool. I think we all are kind of on the same page, especially like in this room right now, like we're all feel that and we've seen it. So I think it'll be cool to see in the future. For sure. Yeah. Especially if like the people we're talking about are mostly women and their issues are things that women experience. And so I'm glad to see you another woman not trying to monetize that or kind of make it a scandal, but rather just talk about it like honestly, entertainingly. Right on. Does anyone else have any other questions? I have one. I don't know if this this is like so not applicable in COVID as much, but I don't know if there's like any ways to do it in COVID, but I've always thought, and my older siblings have like kind of showed me this side of like post-grad, but like the getting involved in other ways, post-grad, like joining, like taking classes and something you like or having other hobbies because obviously like your life can become very work like play balance so like how do you have the other types of like emotional growth that's not just from work if that makes sense like what do you No, I think that's a total that's that's a really good point um we did an episode on the podcast about this once my friend Emma Spoldy's mom is a female leadership coach and she came on and talked a lot about the myth of work-life balance because that insinuates that work is the biggest piece of the puzzle like there's work and then everything else that maintains life is like the other half, which is just blatantly not true. She walked us through this model called the wheel of life. And I don't know if I'd be able to remember all eight of them. I think there's eight different sectors. Work is just one of them. Then there's like romantic love relationships. Then there's friendships, spirituality, health and wellness. Like there's all different pieces that should, you know, hypothetically take up equal time. So I think being aware of that first and foremost is an important thing. Like you said, working from home, I think adds a whole other level to this because it's really hard to draw those boundaries. And I'm sure you guys know that from school too. Like it's harder. Yeah. You have your times that you're in class, but it's much less rigid. So I think people are kind of figuring that out a way that I've sort of combated it thus far. is like you said, taking classes, I started taking this feminist short course by the women who do, who put on the women's March, like who were behind that um for the last couple years they're doing this short course that I applied for and I do that on Thursdays now so I just meet and we have these little breakout rooms and we talk about our little feminist things and it's just so cool because it's these people from all over the country and all different age groups which is something I found super inspiring um because I think I imagined it to look like this room of like young women who were inspired and did it but I was in a breakout room with like two 65 year old women the other day and they were like this is what we have to do and I was like yeah like that's so cool because also like my grandma's not like that you know what I'm saying so it was cool to see that and just connect with other people. So I think seeking out those kind of opportunities is an important thing, um, whether it's education or just like a new hobby or something. But yeah, I think it's important not like I hate work-life balance. Like that's my new hated phrase ever since we had that episode because it's just so not true. Like there's a million other things, you know. I have a question. Yes. Um, I feel like you and Emma are still really good friends, even post-grad. How do you stay connected with all of your friends from college, even after, like, obviously now it's even harder because you all Mm -hmm. live different places, but. No, that's a really great question. And I think something, I don't know, I think with Emma, like Emma specifically, like we knew we were going to be homegirls for life. And I think a lot of friends, like you, you just like know that even if you don't talk for a while, you're going to pick right back up where you left off. But me and Emma never even got to that point. Like we just, I don't know, it feels like something's missing if I don't check in with Emma. Like if we don't 
I don't know. My biggest tip is voice notes. You guys send in voice notes on your phone. That's how we communicate all day long. And I think that's good. I think it's just like a running dialogue. Like I said, I got a lot of things I got to get out. And Emma is my point person. It's either a Snapchat vlog or a voice note all day long. But I think like for some people, it's going to happen naturally. And other ones, there's like for me and Emma, like we don't even think about it. But then there's other friendships that like you do have to kind of schedule a FaceTime, which is a weird thing to do. But I think blocking out the time for yourself and for that relationship is an important thing. So I don't think that's a bad sign. I just think it's especially now kind of necessary. That's a good question. I have a question. Yeah. Um, so as an RA, like what skills do you think like other than like, you know, like like time management stuff, what like personal skills like that you developed and like helped you grow as a person? I mean, there's definitely the leadership note to it. And I think that's especially honed in a freshman setting. I don't know where you're like interested in being an RA because it's totally different. I was in South for two years, which is obviously freshman housing. And then I was in Campbell Sleeks Conley my senior year, which is like totally different. Like they didn't need me. And I think that was a really sad, like sad, weird year for me. Cause I was like, you don't want to know where the library is. Like, I just didn't know what to do with myself. Cause it's like, wasn't what I was used to, but I think in terms of like the skills I honed, I think it was just really, I don't know, like being, this sounds like so cheesy, but like being the friend I've always been to my friends, but just to more people, like it was cool for me to kind of reach out and find different connections, like looser connections. Cause there's a lot of you guys, but like, I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, I just think being able to like kind of separate it, but also let the two sides intersect. Because I think when you have like a very rigid, like I am on duty right now. So this is the only time I'm an RA versus like when you're in the building, you can like be an RA to everybody. I think there's a very different, two different mindsets among us RAs. And I think the better, more personable ones are the ones who are kind of always just looking to like maintain those connections with everyone in the building. So I think just be open to that, like go into it because you want to make those connections, you know? Yeah, that's definitely helpful. Also, what was like your favorite event that like you put on like for your floor or anything? I was hoping somebody would ask this. It was the engagement party that I hosted for Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. We had the party before the engagement was even announced. Like I just, I had a feeling in my core. I don't know what to tell you. I had a feeling in my core and we hosted it. It was I think it was like, I counted as my diversity program because we learned about the British monarchy. We did princess tests with like the books on our heads and the whole thing. We had ring pops to celebrate the engagement. It was like literally the best day of my life. It was so fun. Program about like the things that you love and other people will come. I would just like to say, Rachel is not the kind of person to gloat about this, but she did such a great job of having like what she would put up on the walls in her little area of South were just so unique to her. So as someone who was experiencing having a great RA, do that kind of stuff, like make it personal to you, but also something like everyone would love, like, because everyone loved Rachel because she was so inclusive. Same with Emma. I think it like comes from a place of like wanting to be engaged with your residents. Like, I think they're, you know what I mean? I think it's also clear, like who took the job because they had to take the job or were kind of forced into the job versus the people who like genuinely want to be there and like make no mistake I took the job because I needed to cover my room and board like that's it came out of a place of necessity but I was like while I'm here I might as well be here and I just kind of leaned in and I think you you can tell the difference between people you know what I mean so that's another thing like if you're looking to apply apply because you want to do the job your answer to Gigi's question like I never thought about it but you really were the everyone loved you like everyone knew you my whole all of us adore you everyone in south fourth floor like people that didn't even have yours and are like caroline caitlin everyone just loves you and i feel that you really took on that like position as 
building RA not just to your specific group, which I feel like was important because that probably helped our building come together a lot, like as to why we were so close. That's the thing. Cause like my freshman year, I had a phenomenal RA and it was very much like floor based though. Like I was on the second floor of low shirt. Um, and like our whole second floor was all girls and the two RAs were close friends. So like the second floor girls were, were all close, <laughs> but I could, I like, I didn't know who lived above me. Like I didn't know anybody else in the building. I couldn't like, pick them out ever. Um, so I think that was definitely something very consciously that a lot of us RAs came in being like, let's make it not just wing by wing. Like, let's just make it a whole thing. Cause also like, what are the odds that like all your best friends are going to live in the same wing? Like it's not, but like the odds that they might live in this building are a lot bigger. So like, you're just fostering new connections that way. So I think we, and it was just important that everyone knew who I was. Cause I also didn't know all the RAs in my building freshman year. And I thought that was so annoying. I was like, you were all going to know me by like week two, whether you like it or not. So here I am, you know, so. you guys, this is really fun. You go, like I feel like my bucket is filled. Like I really feel great. Let's do this next week. No, I'm just kidding. No, but literally whenever you want to come, like on, I'll like have to like we'll start like doing them specifically about like what my Instagram content is that week. I'll come with like silver yeah. fox facts. You gotta follow her. It's so important. Oh, I love those girls so much. They truly were just filling my bucket all night long. It was so good to see them and to hear from them, their perspectives and. I don't know. Their questions were interesting. I hope that it was helpful for them. And I hope that it's helpful for you. Anybody listening, I hope you either learned a little bit more about me or came with a new job search tip that maybe you didn't know before. I don't know. I've been doing, obviously, postgrad hasn't looked like I wanted it to. (laughs) But I think I've learned a lot and I've met really incredible people. And the work that I am doing is very fulfilling, whether it's the podcast or entry-level boss stuff. So, I feel like I'm in the right place. Life is weird, but life goes on. And I'm glad I got to talk about it with the Spire Girls. Thank you so much for having me. As for you guys, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to follow us on Spotify or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. A rate and review would be so great as well. You can find us on Instagram at her.blog.life. You can find blog posts at herbloglife.online. And for behind-the-scenes videos of recordings like this one, just search Rachel Malik on YouTube and be sure to subscribe to my channel there. As always, thank you so, so much for listening. Uh, We'll see you next Sunday for another episode all about International Women's Day. So we're really excited about that one. Like I said, thanks for being here. I'm Rachel Malik. This has been a unique episode of the Her Life Blogcast. Blogcast.